The following podcast contains spoilers for Blue is the Warmest Color. There's a lot of sex and nudity in it. You have been warned! How do I follow up with that? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome back to KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Megusto. When a lot of sexy things are going down oh, in this podcast How's it going? Uh, it's not bad. Hey, I got to see you the other day. It was fantastic. You did. We, we smoked some meat, or I smoked some meats. Yeah, you, you smoked some meats. I you watched you smoke it. your meats, and uh, yeah. I ate your meats. And you did. You ate you, it. You also ate your meats? My my meats went in your mouth. My meats went in my mouth. <sighs> I'm shivering Great. just at the thought of it. <laughs> I saw Miss Peanut Butter again. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we, we watched a couple movies. So We did. With that being said, what movies have you se- seen in the past week? Other than the ones that uh, we saw together, I have been mainly trying to watch some uh, some shows. As I told you, like last week, uh, I was watching Shameless. I'm mm-hmm. now at, uh, not episode season three, and I am on season two of a new show show called Hannibal. Ooh. Not a new show, new show for me. I don't remember you telling me this on Saturday at all. Um, <laughs> Pray tell. Yeah, it's got a. Uh, Mass Mickelson playing as Hannibal Lecter himself, and Hugh Dancy's in it. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's dude. It's it's a really good show so far. Lawrence Fishburne's very underrated. Oh yeah, I love Lawrence Fishburne, and it's a really good show so far. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's really nice to see like a younger version of Hannibal Lecter being out on you know the streets doing what he do. Oh yeah, uh, but not but when yeah. he's like 12 years old. No, he wasn't 12. They had one. Uh, I forget what the show was called, but they had one show where it was like an 18, 19 year old Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, and this, he was, this one's he was, he's, he's like mid 30s, yeah. early 40s. And he was French for some reason. Don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. He kind of goes all over the place. He's from he Baltimore. <laughs> well, he's got he's got the Mass Mickelson accent still, so it, it yeah. doesn't change too much. I mean, that's but, fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good. It was so, re- it's a really good show so far. Yeah. So, uh, Watch anything else other than that? The the ones we saw together, which yeah. I'll let you uh, go ahead sure. and run down. So uh, uh, on Wednesday, I believe it was, um, I went onto Netflix and just hit their uh, their uh, black filmmakers collection, you know, just to try to support black artists. Mm-hmm. And I saw one called See You Yesterday, which um, is about these two kids who... Uh, create time travel they're in high school and they invent time travel and it uh i actually think i passed this one yeah i i highly suggest it it's it's pretty good and it's um it's very interesting because they they you know with it they brought it up to like modern times with modern tragedies Mm -hmm. uh one of them their brothers gets killed by police officer while he's unarmed so they try to go back and try to save him from that and it's it's just a really interesting concept, really. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, then, of course, I watched Blue is the Warmest Color. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Then I watched Extraction. And How'd you feel? I was not expecting it to be that goddamn good. Yeah, man. Like, I thought it was just... I, I That was the first movie that I saw since um, all of this has happened, where I just thought to myself, I wish I was in a movie theater right now. 
and that's not because I didn't want to see all the other movies in movie theaters. Um, but this one was like I could see it being so much better in a movie theater. Yeah, the- when when I when I had saw it and uh, I said something about it on the podcast, I didn't want to overhype it for you, so I was just I like, appreciate yeah, it's that. pretty it's pretty good. It's it's yeah. really good. Like they had the 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 action scene they had in the beginning was killer. Yeah, that that one in the middle. Oh my god, it was fantastic. And mm-hmm. then the the relationship that those two had. Too, oh yeah, the, there's nice. way more emotion in it than I thought there were was. And also, there was one transition in the oneer. I honestly cannot remember it, but it made me go whoo, mm-hmm. whoo, because <laughs> it was just so incredible. I feel like it it was one of those shots where like the camera went into the backseat of a car and it just felt impossible. Yeah. How it was done. But the, the um, craziest part about that one is ba- I think it, I, I even plugged it that the, the director was holding the camera during all that. Yeah. The director's a stunt double. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised about that. Um, he, he was a stunt double in some of the Avengers movies and, and other things. Um, which is probably why the, uh, one of the Russo brothers or both, produced this because they they believed in him as a uh, filmmaker which kudos to them they're absolutely right honestly yeah. this was better than any movie i've seen the russo brothers make so <laughs> <laughs> and i you you can quote me on that yeah uh then i watched legend with tom hardy and tom hardy playing the uh the cray twins the uh, gangsters in the 60s i think in london um pretty good you know no, nothing I really Amazing, wanted to see that when it came out, but I never got around to it. You should you should check it out if you like Tom Hardy, you'll really enjoy oh, it. Oh, I do. It's uh, I feel like it could have been better. Yeah. Um. But it's it's still a good movie. Then I watched the documentary "I Am Not Your Negro," which is about uh, James Baldwin, who was a uh, author. That kind of. I don't know if he came up in the civil rights era, but he was yeah. definitely like a major influence in the civil rights era. Uh, he knew like he knew Martin Luther King and Malcolm X personally, um, and it's just kind of his told through letters he wrote. Yeah. Uh, his his reaction to the, the civil rights movement. It's very powerful and, and moving. Uh, highly suggest that one. Then, of course, you and I watched Defy Blood, Spike Lee's new joint. Mm-hmm. I would which say I, overall, which I didn't even know was his at first. Yeah, I would say overall, I I enjoyed it. Um, there was a lot of it I didn't like, but overall, I would say I I I felt positive about mostly. Um, yeah, ov- overall as a movie, I thought it was really good. Um, there's just some things that happen during the movie. You're just like, okay, that kind of just is glanced over. Yeah. Not saying that somebody dies or anything, but, uh, yeah, it's mainly death that just felt like inconsequential. Yeah. Um, but there were some really powerful moments, mainly with, uh, um, shit. What's his name? I want to say it's like Delroy Lindo. I think his name is one of the actors. Yes. Yeah. Delroy Lindo. Um, he he plays like this conservative Trump supporting black veteran, mm-hmm. and he had some really powerful moments. Especially there, uh, not to get into too many spoilers, but he he's by himself in the Vietnamese jungle and just delivers like these beautifully written Shakespearean Shakespearean esque soliloquies, where he's just talking to the camera and it's so powerful and he's amazing in it Mm -hmm. um so like watch it for just that alone the rest of it i i felt was 
hit and miss, but that was really powerful. Yeah. Um, then we watched The Night Clerk with Ty Sheridan and Ana de Armas, uh, which is directed by Michael Christopher. It's about a, a uh, man with Asperger's who kind of has some voyeuristic tendencies, not for sexual reasons, but to... Just to learn. To learn how people interact to be with normal. each other. So it like starts off as creepy, but then you understand it. And it's still kind of creepy and cringy, but like yeah. you know his, his mind is in the right place. Um, yeah, we picked this movie at a complete uh, perspective that we didn't know what else to watch. We didn't know what else to watch. <laughs> Sat there for a solid five minutes like, I don't know, dude. Everything we wanted to watch was too long. You, yeah. you had to be gone at a certain time. And then this was a solid 90 minutes. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed yeah. it for the most part. It's not amazing. It's it's just a good movie. Ty Sheridan's amazing in it, but the rest of it is just eh. Yeah, it's, uh, um, it's really hit or miss. Yeah, but... Ty Sheridan's great, but... Like, yes. Yeah. See it for Ty Sheridan's performance alone. Uh, and then Sunday night, I watched a silent film from 1927. I shouldn't really say silent, though, because it was one of the first Sync Sound movies. Uh, it doesn't have any spoken dialogue, but it had um, it, it came around the time of the jazz singer, which was the first one to have dialogue in it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's got, I think... It had a soundtrack attached to it, which was unlike any movie of the time. It, back then, they had like live bands playing uh, the soundtrack, or a pianist or organist playing along with the movie. This had like a synced soundtrack, and it had uh, it had sounds. It had like car honks. It had bells and stuff. Semi-silent. Um, Semi-silent. <laughs> I think they called it movie tone back yeah. then, um, and. Honestly, it was really incredible. It was, it's about this guy who uh, is convinced by his mistress to kill his wife, Ooh. but then right when Scandalous. he's about, right when he's about to, he doesn't, and he feels immediately reg immediate regret, uh, and and tries to like make it up to her like he never puts his hands on her but there's a moment where she knows what he's trying to do yeah and it's it's really powerful and then uh they kind of the rest of the movie is kind of them falling back in love which was it's honestly the only time i've ever been happy for a romantic story in a film like it was honestly beautiful i don't know how else to describe it without getting too much away but it's it it's, be, it's a great movie tear up right now with <laughs> it was directed by fw murnau who is a german director who did uh nosferatu the the first uh dracula movie ever made um so yeah highly suggested if you get a chance to watch it that's sunrise uh directed by fw murnau and that's all i watched this week i know that's quite a bit so it wasn't too bad though yeah not too bad uh but that we should get into some news uh absolutely Glenn, um do you have any news uh i do so i have recently got an email mm. saying that regal is announcing phased reopening of theaters beginning july 10th you son of a bitch that was my news mm -hmm. well there we go <laughs> um Obviously, I'll be in there uh, probably a week or two earlier than yeah. that, but um, I'm still not sure what's exactly going on with my position. But hey, everybody, we get to watch movies again. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm so excited. And from what I understand, they're starting small. Like my theater has uh, 16. I think they're opening half of those theaters mm -hmm. um, and maybe half, the, not even half the seats. So it's going to start slow and then like slowly try to get back into business. So yeah. Good, good news. Well, it's, that's the thing. Every, everyone, 
everyone keeps talking about how like nothing is going to be the same after this coronavirus thing. It's like th- it has to go back to the way things are eventually. Yeah. Like yeah, more people might be wearing mouth coverings or or masks, mm-hmm. but like things have to go back to normal. It can't just change forever. Yeah, like, more people will will definitely be more aware of you know germs, germs and stuff yeah. like that and absolutely as they should be as they should have always been um like i know i know my job for sure is more than likely i'm gonna have to clean every single seat after every single showing well if it makes you feel better i read in the email from regal that they have like this disinfecting fog that they can shoot onto all the seats so it should be relatively quick from what i read i don't know the details of it interesting but, but it's it's kind of like what they've been spraying in cities yeah um at certain points uh well, and it's like non-toxic but disinfects yeah uh seats so i don't i don't know how true that is that's what the email said yeah um, we'll, we'll see about it then but that email was also directed to customers it could be completely different <laughs> so, yeah, so, who knows? so there there we go uh movie theaters are opening up real soon i am super pumped i Still, I mean, obviously, I the last movie I saw was Wendy on March 9th at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute. Mm-hmm. And if anyone listening knows me, that is a painful statement for me to say. <laughs> I, I have been lost. Although it has made, like, not being able to go anywhere easier, because literally yeah. the only place I wanted to go was to get food and see movies and you can still get food so <laughs> yeah that's that's the love of it that yeah. is the love of it that is the love so uh that's all the news you had i take it yeah yep uh you know what was, what's really funny is i was afraid that we'd have the same news but i'm glad we didn't <laughs> yeah yeah same here so let's get oh shit oh hold on i just got rid of a bunch of shit <laughs> let's get willy. into blue is the warmest color. J'étais pas bien. C'était trop bien. Allez, les détails. Il y en a pas. Comment ça, il y en a pas Vous avez fait quoi Je suis en bas. On a passé la première ensemble, c'est tout. C'est parce que c'était naze que tu nous racontes pas On dirait la PJ du sexe, quoi. J'ai l'impression de faire semblant. Faire semblant de tout. Moi, il me manque un truc. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I want you to try these names, okay? No, I, want I, you to I, try. Saw, I saw your fucking status the other day. Well, uh, wait, what did I say? Your, I your passion in life is me trying to pronounce oh, yeah. French names. <laughs> Blue is the warmest color. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm going to say it is directed by Abdelatif Kashish. Abdelatif Kashish is what I think it is. All right. Blue is the warmest color. Directed by Abdelatif Kashish. Written by the same human being. Uh, <laughs> Galia Lacroix. Uh, stars Leah Sedor. Uh, dude, I don't know. I'm not even going to fucking try anymore. Adele I'm going to start adding X's in... in oh, my God. Exarchopolis. <laughs> I feel like... You ever see somebody just on meth and scratching their neck? That's me right now. I'm just like, oh, God, I can't do this. <laughs> Got any more of those French names? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Adele's life is changed when she meets Emma, a young woman with blue hair who will allow her to discover <coughs> desire and to assert herself as a woman and as an adult. 
In front of others, Adele grows, seeks herself, loses herself, and ultimately finds herself through love and loss. Mm-hmm. 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 Um... I feel really bad about not, not pronouncing these names, but it's it's <laughs> it literally blows my mind. I'm gonna try the t- top two: Leah Sedu and Adele Exarchopoulos. <laughs> I don't know if that's Exarchopoulos. Exarchopoulos. I don't know. Anyway, so three-hour movie, three-hour movie, which you picked. I did. Uh, because it is Pride Month, of course. Yes. Um, which I had no problem with. Uh. If anyone listened to last week's episode, you will know that I was not stoked about watching this one. Uh, I watched it on Wednesday to just get it out of the way because I knew it would ruin my weekend if I had to watch it on the weekend. Um, and and funny enough, I was going to ask you if you wanted to see this on the day we hung out. Mm. And God, am I glad mm-hmm. we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. We'd have to have pillows on our laps the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh, I was just I was not excited about this because I had tried to watch it several times before and could never get past the first like forty five minutes. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, after watching the entire thing, not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was still rough. Yeah. Um, it's it just the story does not warrant three hours in mm. my opinion it, it really doesn't and in fact multiple times I checked like the run like how much I had left I think I checked three times like holy shit yeah that felt like an hour and a half right there mm-hmm. it was like an hour maybe it felt like a three and a half hour movie mm-hmm. that's uh that's kind of how much isn't warranted yeah it. It, it just there's it takes its time and some of the scenes in it, you know, well, like, take like their I, time. Yeah, like I said, it was it's very graphic sex scenes, which, you know, if I want to watch porn, I would just watch porn. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch a story. And I'm not saying to not have any sex scenes, but like I timed it. The the um there was a total of like 15 minutes of sex scenes in there. I read other places that there is 20 minutes, um, so I might have mistimed it. I don't really know. Um, the longest one was close to seven minutes long. Like, you don't... And that's seven minutes without dialogue, without character development. It's literally them just going at it. <laughs> and it's not that it's not beautifully shot. It's not that, you know, it's not well acted. I believed they were having sex, even though it's simulated, mainly because they have a close-up of a vagina and one of them performing cunnilingus. But it got to the point where it became laughable. Like, it's just... Yeah, it was... I was watching the movie on uh, my computer, and I've got dual monitors. So I'm watching it on one, and I'm talking to my buddy at the same time. And, like, we're actually kind of, like, into a conversation. I'm like, yeah, dude, this is great. Uh, so, all right, I hold on. I, you got to give me, like, seven minutes. <laughs> I I uh, can't talk to you and ha- watch this at the same time. Yeah, it's it's... It's it's just not there was so much of it that was not needed. It was too too long. There was actually uh I read that there is a two hour cut somewhere. Um and Well it is weirdly like I saw at the end that this was split into like uh chapter two. Like this was was chapter one out of two or something like well, that. Well the director said that he wanted to make more films about Adele's character. Um that's why he said chapter one and chapter two. There's a two hour cut, but they them the french producers and only the french producers would probably think this agree that the three-hour cut is better i honestly don't see how the three-hour cut is better um it's just not warranted like it drags especially 
in the middle and then also towards the end after they break up is it just drags it's, I, I it makes its point but then keeps making its point for the next 20 30 minutes and just doesn't bring any new information to the front it doesn't change anything it's just yeah the same for um, three hours so i actually kind of liked this movie I won't say I liked it a lot. I thought it was really enjoyable more than I thought it would be. After yeah, it was I, definitely more enjoyable than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, so, like, I really I really was, like, digging Adele's character in the beginning. She's... Mm-hmm. Except for her she, not liking metal. <laughs> well, yeah, that... <laughs> Fuck you, Adele. <laughs> I thought they all had long hair. Um, I was really enjoying her character. She's kind of, like, finding out who she is. She's, mm-hmm. She sleeps, sleeps with a guy. Realize it's not fun for her in any way she wasn't enjoying it and then she glances at this one chick who of course we find out later is emma and they reunite somehow Mm -hmm. um but then she tries uh hooking up with a chick and then the chick was like i was just i was just kidding which is a fucked (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then like you're you're slowly she's like learning who what what she wants to do in her future and then later uh maybe like 30 minutes into the movie, 45, they, they finally reunite. And there was like a thing in the beginning where it's like, oh, I love it first sight and love it first. And those two, they glanced at each other. That's the love at first sight, which I thought was okay. wasn't really needed. Um, like they, they, they kind of like a, had a heavy note on that in the beginning. Yeah. Um, so like then their relationship starts picking up and, that's when the sex scenes start happening after they finally realize they actually really do like each other, even though the one's dating yeah. somebody at the time. And honestly, I felt it came to a screeching halt when they met. I was actually really enjoying the movie, um, you know, watching it with new eyes because it had bored me before, but I actually tried to enjoy it this time. Yeah. And I, I found the nuances of her character. I found the nuances of of her trying to discover her sexuality. I found it very compelling. You know, mm-hmm. she's a great actress. Um, especially with her friends berating her all the time. Uh, and, and then they meet and they, when they meet, it's comes to a screeching halt because there's like a 10 minute scene of them just talking and they're not talking about anything in particular, which yes, very realistic, but yeah. we, we go to see movies to cut out the boring parts Yeah, they... and, and then, and then, um, of course when, uh, she meets at their high school again and all her friends see, and they start berating her, like, are you a lesbian? That that scene was very intense. But then after that, it just <laughs> at, like... At that scene, I was like, I fucking, I hate high school. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was really stupid. And it's just, it's the, uh, the, the mystery behind her sexuality is more interesting than her, her discovery of it. Like, yeah, not, not so much the fact that like once she finds out she's a lesbian or um or bisexual i'm pretty sure she's bisexual yeah they, ne- they never put a put a label on it um but once she kind of discovers it it becomes kind of boring and repetitive and it's just it it just lost my interest after that i it's it's kind of like this is going to be a really weird analogy, but it's kind of like monster movies when you don't, it's always better when you don't see the monster. I'm not saying, you know, uh, the, anything about lesbians being monsters or anything Just don't make that comparison, but it's, it's more interesting with the mystery than it is the actual discovery. Yeah. They, she kind of 
jumps back and forth a lot. So, I mean, she's definitely bi. The reason she, and we're not even there yet, but the reason why it flip-flops so much is for reasons to deal with Emma. Um, In the beginning, it was just to deal with her discovery, but we'll we'll get to the other part later. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really intrigued. And then they started, like, they met up. I'm like, okay, this is fine. And then she has this thing where she just doesn't want people to know that she's a lesbian or bisexual or anything. Yeah. Even though she's got this relationship, people see it that she just doesn't want. She just doesn't express it. Yeah. And it it was understandable, but weird, especially since you have so many people at parties and stuff like that and seeing your relationship. And she's like, so you don't talk about me or Emma saying that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was weird. It was part of her character, though, um, especially towards the end. That comes up a lot. Uh, uh, where do I where do I want to transition from that? I liked it. The middle, the middle is definitely the part that kind of messed with it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning, the beginning was was nice. It was her evolution of finding out what she is, what she wants to be, meeting this person, and then the middle is kind of drags out there. Uh, they're starting their air quotes life together they're getting in this mold she's becoming a teacher and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. then you're realizing she's slowly becoming an asshole and that's where the third act comes in it's just real hard where she's just emma Emma or adele adele to me is just a straight up asshole emma was kind of also an asshole yeah absolutely but but because we saw adele more yeah that's when it was more noticeable Um, um that that she would act on more asshole than Emma would. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she worked a lot. She worked a lot. She was not into being as physical as much anymore, Emma. Um, and then this thing came up with her. Would you call him boss? That was ex boss or something like that. He just worked with her a lot or something. Who Emma? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm fairly yeah. certain they were talking about her, the uh, the pregnant woman that was at the party. Um, who, if if you're talking about who Adele suspected Emma was having an affair with, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the pregnant woman because, um, but I, I don't know their relationship other than I think they used to date. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I remember reading in the subtitles that they used to date. Um, yeah, as soon as she, well, regardless, as soon as she found that out, she kind of just became unhinged. Yeah, and just not happy, and then just went and kind of slept with one of her coworkers a couple times, and then it, you know, both their relationship they just kind of came down, and yeah. it was uh, it's very very roller coaster. Yeah, and <laughs> it's the the biggest problem for me with this whole film is that knowing the director is. A man, again, not that a man couldn't make this film, mm-hmm. but with just how explicit it was, it felt slightly abusive. Um, in fact, I, I was reading up on this a little bit, and uh, both lead actresses said that they would not work with him again. Um, <laughs> and uh, th- that there was, you know, he was borderline abusive with how uh, particular he was with everything. The scene where they walk by each other and exchange glances. Mm-hmm. A very simple scene for anyone that knows what the fuck they're doing. So I'm claiming that this guy doesn't know how the fuck to make a movie, or he's just fucking abusive. It's one of the two. It's not. It's not 
something different. He's either abusive or doesn't know how to make a movie. He took he took a hundred takes to shoot that scene. Excuse me. And it's not like I I still don't think what Kubrick did to Shelley Long was a good thing, but at least there's emotion in that scene and not just a quick glance. Yeah. You know that that he in in The Shining that he infamously made her do number of takes until she had like a mental breakdown. They're literally walking by each other. It is two shots and they did a hundred and a hundred takes for, for something that wasn't even that impressive. That's like, ridiculous. Honestly, like that was the most, that felt the most forced out of any scene. So I don't know what he was looking for. Cause it didn't feel real. It didn't feel real the way he did it. Um, and, and he also, they took 10 days to shoot the seven minute sex scene. You know what's really funny? While I was having a conversation with my buddy, um, hmm. he's like, wait, they had to do a sex scene for like eight straight minutes? I'm like, no, dude. This is just one, like, that's not even just one take. I can yeah. only imagine how long they had to actually just go at it. Ten days. I that's, mean, obviously, that's like on and off, but like... Yeah. And honestly, I was like, this, that this seven minutes like, could be like 70 hours. <laughs> where, I don't see how that would take ten days, except for him... Wanting spank bank material. Mm. That's legitimately the only reason I could think of this taking 10 days, which is why I have a problem with this movie. It's not the nature of it. It is how it was filmed. Like if he just shot, if it was, if it was like the pie scene in a ghost story, then he made them do it once, whatever, you know, it's, it's still kind of weird, but I could understand that. But 10 days where it's essentially just him, maybe a cameraman and them in a room. Yeah. That, and that's that's problematic to me. Like, I, I honestly think that he is abusive. Like he. Yes, we have directors that also do like a lot of takes like David Fincher, uh, you know, Kubrick when he was still alive and all yeah. that. But people say that they would still work with him. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that's where it becomes problematic to me is, is that he made them do all these takes. He took 10 days to shoot a seven minute sex scene, which, in my opinion, wasn't really that impressive and honestly kind of laughable. Um, um. Well, this is this is where uh, what I said last week comes in or two weeks ago, where you've got a director like Spike Lee who can make these sex scenes feel like they're implemented in the movie so well and just actually a part of it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got this guy who the sex scenes did like they did like seem like great, like they were fine. But then they came along for such an, a long amount of time. Yeah. And st overstayed their welcome big time. Like oh, I yeah. felt the passion there that they had for each other, but uh, I felt a lot of passion yeah. after when they were cuddling in a sideways sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> Just each other's assholes, Just right? Literally in their faces. staring at each other's asses. Uh, <laughs> not like 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 I was saying. Spike Spike Lee has a tendency to make sex included into it and it makes it feel yeah like it's supposed to be that this overstayed its welcome way too long and there's just too many like we don't need to see a dinner scene and then a sex scene three times mm -hmm. uh that's just overstaying that's just yeah. too much and if you want to show that that's how like how passionate they are mm -hmm. do it with sound and I'm, I'm i'm not saying again like i have no problem with sex scenes in films i have problems with gratuitous sex scenes in films and that's exactly what this is or just have them laying in bed just crazy haired after going out yeah. for so long yeah we've already watched seven minutes of them scissoring even though any <laughs> lesbian that actually exists would tell you that that is not a good way to have sex when you're a lesbian 
<laughs> yeah, I, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I don't know if that's actually comfortable. <laughs> I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm not a lesbian, so I don't know. But I, I've been told and heard multiple times, <laughs> including in a scene of Orange is the New Black, that that is not a real thing. And that yeah. is like a thing just for porns. So it's 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 you're exactly right. Like they 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 f- at first they began and felt like they they belonged. Mm-hmm. But then they just kept going yeah. and going and going and going. And it's just it's they definitely overstayed their welcome. Uh, just looking at his face, he looks like a giant creeper. Um, <laughs> like I, I honestly like I feel bad for the actresses in this. Like I'm sure that they would wouldn't speak anything bad about the experience. Yeah. Um, but also with acting, sometimes you're contractually obligated to not say anything bad about the experience. But the fact that they both said they would never, never work with them again. It took a hundred scenes for them to just get to walk by 10 days for them to do the sex scene. It's just, it's, it's just something is not right about it. And I, obviously this, I could just be speculating it and, and blowing it up in my head, but it just, it just all adds up to things of him being a complete doucher and i that's what i don't like about it it's not it's not the the film itself it's not the sex scenes itself it's it's how they came into fruition yeah uh for real um there there are some other things that i'd uh, like to talk about not not terrible things um actually i lied <laughs> adele always has her mouth open I has bothered me throughout the whole movie. Eating, breathing, all of it, staring, dude, it's killing me. Uh, apparently, she has a uh, condition that. Well, now I'm an asshole. <laughs> well, I, 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 I just read that somewhere. Like, it, I okay. didn't hear it from her, so it might not be true. But Indeed. someone, I read somewhere, someone said that she has a condition that makes her have to like breathe through her her mouth. Yeah. Well. Um, well, first it was. I noticed that, uh, like, she kind of just, whenever she stared or, like, ate, she kind of, like, chewed with her mouth open and everything like that. I'm yeah. like, okay, that's, I get that if that's, that's character thing. And then I'm like, all right, now now everything she's doing is doing that and it's bothering me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to get that out there before I said some good things. Um, <laughs> so there's a huge theme of blue throughout the whole movie, which I thought was really cool. Um her hair obviously obviously the the hair was the biggest uh contributor to it um Mm -hmm. they had they had a lot of there was water there was paints there was like dresses there was a lot of it and a lot of it was in the beginning half and how like different emotions and stuff like that were going on and i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. and then when she changed uh, emma changed her hair everything kind of like drastically went down there was a lot less blues and stuff like that Oh, that's pretty cool uh, I noticed that, and I'm also now in Google reading it as well. But yeah, that's that's pretty pretty good uh, symbolism there. So there's um, that. Uh, I thought that was that was really cool, especially at the end um, when Adele is wearing that blue dress at the end. I guess she's trying to get back into the groove of it. I don't know. Yeah. How else to explain that? Um, but I, I yeah, I thought the themes were really cool. Um, I thought the cinematography was great, even though. Even though the sex scenes were very elongated and everything, I thought they were very well shot, and just the movie itself was very well shot. Yeah. I thought everything was. I would great. say, I would say those scenes were well shot, but not enough to warrant seven minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. They are well yeah, shot. That's on uh, a whole different cutting block. Yeah, I had a, a little bit of problem with the lighting. The lighting seemed like set lighting when mm. they're in a bedroom. Um, 
which is exactly how porns are lit. So <laughs> it really makes me wonder what this guy was trying to make. Like, did I, I told someone that it, it felt like he wants to direct porn, but then he creates these elaborate plots yeah. around them just See, so he can tell porn, his parents his that he's an artist. His porn is too good for regular porn. You <laughs> missed the... my joke, man. You talked oh, wait, over what? my joke. I said... <laughs> I said he 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 wanted to direct porn, but then created these elaborate plots so that he could tell his parents that he's an artist. Okay, so it's just a bad joke. <laughs> no nah, problem. I just looked. I looked down. I dropped my head. Oh, <laughs> oh, this poor guy. But uh, I'm an artist, mom. I'm an artist, mom. Look at my work. You're making porn, son. There's there's 20 minutes of sex in there, but didn't you see the other two hours and 40 minutes? What other two hours and 40 minutes? It's the only part I, I fast can't forward about. to the nudity because your mom's a freak. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like I liked the theme of the blues. I liked the music. I liked the cinematography. I thought everything else about this movie was great. Uh, a little, The relationship was super rocky and it eventually mm-hmm. came to a screeching halt regardless. Um, I, also, when you were watching the end, when they were going at it in the restaurant. Who the fuck does yeah. that? And nobody stopped them. I'm like, who? Yeah. These guys are assholes. Like, 100% that was when that the whole movie lost me. I'm like, okay. You, 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 everyone cries about the realism of that entire movie, but I don't care how dead the restaurant is. If you do that in a restaurant, someone's fucking seeing you. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're on like a, and there a, was, there a, was a raised platform them. like they are. Yeah. Like, and they're loud too. They're loud about it. They're not just being quiet. It's, yeah, they just fucking went at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I liked the movie in the beginning. It was okay in the middle, and the end pissed me off more than it should have. I think. Yeah. Um, but everything around the film, what what was like the colors and music and stuff like that, and cinematography, I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I would agree. Thoroughly. The acting was incredible. Uh, yes. Cinematography, as we said, was incredible. Um. I liked the absence of music in it for the most part. Like the, I don't think there is an actual score except for maybe at the end, mm-hmm. like everything, every bit of music that was in it was actually in the film or in the scene rather. Um, and, uh, there were like spikes of my, my enjoyment of it. Like, uh, up until, um, right after the scene where her high school friends accused her of being a uh, homosexual mm-hmm. uh, and she's denying it. Um, that was really compelling. And then after that, it was just a downward spiral. And then it spiked up again uh, during the breakup scene and then went down again. And then during the dialogue of the, the cafe scene, I was really enthralled. And then they started just diddling each other in the yeah. cafe <laughs> Uh, with no one noticing, even though they're moaning. There was very a couple loudly. right behind them, too. right behind them. Um, that is when it lost me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I completely 100% agree with everything you say. The biggest problem I have is how problematic the director seems. Mm. Uh, I don't like filmmakers who do that. The, obviously, everyone knows about how, like, all the the directors who pull this kind of shit. We don't need them in the industry. We fuck off. Yeah. So I want to know how much spaghetti he made the cast eat. Oh Jesus Christ! Also, uh, fuck Emma for saying like making a jab at her at the the uh, Adele's dad. Yeah. Like just because he can only make spaghetti. Like fuck you, you you elitist fuck. Spaghetti's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> and it's even funnier that she made spaghetti for that party. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. 
Uh, well, that's uh, all I have to say. Yeah, but other than that, um, I, I had a conversation not too long ago about how how I like this movie for how it created uh, gay characters and how she's like, yeah, I, I thought it was okay. I'm like, you thought this was okay compared to like how Netflix kind of just plants like uh, just random gay people in their shows? You're like, yeah, I kind of give and take at this point. I'm like, ah, oh, the- I see that, I guess. I understand the like implanting gay characters because gay people are a part of society, yeah. uh, and but you can tell the difference between the ones that like were actually started off gay from the beginning, yeah, um, and then ones that were like, oh, we should have a gay character in this, yeah. Uh, I was like, one the, that the reason... I think is a good mixture of the two. Granted, they haven't confirmed it, but Stranger Things. Uh, Oh, uh, with uh, w- with Will, Will? yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like the way that that's being handled. Again, I don't know if if he actually is gay. I remember them saying something in season three that hinted at it. Yeah. Um. But I I think that is honestly the best way a character has been handled in that situation. Yeah, I was um, I was saying how like I'm watching Shameless right now, and they're they're kind of just bringing a couple characters in every now and then that are gay for one of the main characters. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, the ones in this show, I get, like, they're they've got some character de- development coming to that fruition. Yeah. And then you've got sh- random shows. I'm not just blaming Netflix specifically. They just have the most of them, where they're just kind of there. I was like, there's there's character development of it, and then there's just there and stereotypically there, like yeah. for a show. Yeah, you can definitely tell which ones are are well-meaning and which ones are just like, look She's how hip like, we are. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it, a hundred percent. Like, I actually like the way you think there, but also I'll take what I can get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I understand I was like, no, that. hundred percent, got it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, I guess uh, we should just get into the judgment since yeah. we've said all our pieces for, for sure. blue is the warmest color. Glenn, you picked this movie, therefore you go first with the judgment. What is your judgment? Does it become a little shelf? <laughs> Girl, because we're inclusive here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. little shelf girl from the Girl Scouts with a box of Thin Mints right under her arm. <laughs> Is it a shelf girl? Uh, right, so I've actually been struggling. I really I did like this movie a lot, um, more than I thought I would, more than uh, you had initially said that it was bad uh, from the get-go, not from since I, you rewatched uh, it. Ultimately, I was, yeah, I was yeah. wrong about it from... Um, um, just th- not in the right mindset when I watched it the, the first three times I tried to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was good. Um, the, rela- the relationship between the two, they're, they're both assholes. But yeah. I liked everything around the movie, like the themes, the music, and all that. I just, the, the director and the sex scenes kind of just ruin it in a way. 100%. But I don't know if it should ruin the whole movie for me because mm. of those things. <laughs> right? Um... <laughs> Well, regardless, I'm going to say it is. That's up to you what's next. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, see, for me, that does ruin it. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm leaving it up to you. Uh, (laughs) Because everything else around it was, like, well-structured and everything. I agree. It sucks that, like, someone and his decisions could ruin it like that. Well, it's not just that. In my opinion... Editing is the most important part of a film. Mm-hmm. And if you can't edit a story that keeps you engaged the entire time, 
I think that is the biggest downfall, especially yeah. like if it's 90 minutes, it's forgivable. But if it's if it's three hours long and you had the choice to cut it down, you even have a two hour long cut. Yeah, that's one is unforgivable for me. So I agree 100 percent with everything you say. The director being a complete creeper completely <laughs> ruins it for me. And I don't want to say he's the only reason I'm not going to make this a shelf boy, but he is a major reason that yeah. I'm going to not make this a shelf boy. Shelf girl. Shelf girl. Sorry. Shelf shelf girl with the uh, Thin Mints and the uh, whatever. I, that, that's the only Girl Scout cookie I know. So. Uh, um, shortbread. Shortbread. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one that I've heard and not just hearing it now for the first time. <laughs> Blue is the warmest color. Does not make it onto the Keystone Film Review shelf. Glenn, I am truly sorry about yeah, that. that's all right. But... He just rubs me the wrong way. I don't like him. I don't plan on seeing any of his other movies. I don't even know what else he's got. <sighs> I'm not even going to look. I'm looking the other way, damn it. Yeah. It looks like a whole bunch of nothing, honestly. So, yeah. So, with that being said, that brings us to our plugs for next week. Glenn, it is your turn to go first. Okay. So, it's funny you were just talking about Stranger Things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I was kind of scrolling, looking for a plug. And then I came around this kid playing guitar. I was like, that looks like that kid from uh, Stranger Things. And joke's on me, it is. Uh, he's <laughs> actually in a band called Calpurnia. Mm-hmm. And I watched the video, and they're actually pretty good. Uh, this, this video is a little bit older. This is 2018, but they're still a band. They're still playing together. Uh, the lead guitarist is actually killer. Um, and she's pretty young, too. So I, I think they're all around the same age. They're just a kid band. Yeah. Or, well, now teen band. Um, Calpurnia, uh, or Calpurnia, Blame, uh, live on KEXP. Um, mm. That's on YouTube. And definitely listen for the lead guitarist alone, because it was, it was actually really good. That's on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Glenn, I'm sure you're not going to be um, surprised by my pick for this week because I told you to watch it like three times already. Mm-hmm. I recently subscribed to Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> if I'm honest, there's maybe like one or two shows on there that make it worth it. Worth it. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying everyone should uh, go and, and uh, subscribe to Apple TV+, Plus, but there's a show on there created by charlie day rob mckelleny uh of it's always sunny in philadelphia and also their co-creator megan gans uh called mythic quest raven's banquet um it is essentially about a the office of a video game uh company kind of like world of warcraft Mm -hmm. where it's like an online free play free world whatever i don't know i don't know enough about the uh MMORPG. That's the thing that <laughs> they say much. multiple times that I don't care enough to remember. Um, but it's it's like a it's a comedy based on that kind of office. 
And Robin McElhenney plays the CEO creator who is just like a complete egomaniac. And it's just, it's just people, it's, it's a really funny show. There are some brilliant, brilliant, like emotional episodes of it. Most notably episode five and episode 10. Uh, Episode five barely even has like the main cast in it, but it is, it's a, it's just a brilliantly written uh, episode, and then episode ten is actually them in quarantine. The entire thing is done on a Zoom call, and holy fucking shit, it's hilarious, uh, and also very emotional at times. So that is on Apple TV Plus. Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet, created in part by Rob McElhenney and starring Rob McElhenney. So go check it out if you can. You can try it for free for a week, so it's only ten episodes. Might as well. Yeah, after your while, your while we're still week in quarantine for a bit. legendary heroes one man will rise to take all of the credit this game has something that no one else will me this is where the magic happens hey can i get a coffee i'm coming Everybody has that game that they fell in love with because they make an impact. Those games were somebody's legacy. Well, this is my legacy. Our legacy. Our legacy, whatever. It's not my legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to hop on that. Um, I, I love that man. He's hilarious. Charlie yeah. Day is also funny, so I can only imagine the writing's great. Yeah. Uh, so we move on to the... We, we do move on. To the thing to, that's not yeah. sponsoring us yet. So those are our plugs for uh, for next week, or this week. Uh, it is Netflix's turn to choose Netflix Roulette. Netflix sponsor us. Please. So as everyone knows, we pick... We, we spin the roulette wheel three times, and it gives us three movies, and then we pick which of those three we want to watch. Uh, we have it set for any score for both IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes in any genre. So it could be any genre and any quality. It could fucking suck. All three could suck, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're just stuck watching that. So without any further ado, let's spin the wheel. The first one is Red Istanbul. Oh. It is uh, Italian, maybe? No, hold on. It is a turkey... Turkish movie, Italian and Turkish movie, <laughs> uh, written and directed by Fritzan Ospetic. Uh, there's one more there, but I'm not going to try it. And starring Halit Ergnik, peanut butter. Go ahead, peanut uh, butter. <laughs> <laughs> I, these names are harder than the French names, so I'm not even going to try. And uh, Red Istanbul is about Dennis, an acclaimed author, is writing a book about his family and friends. He asks Orhan for critics. The day Orhan be- came to Istanbul from London, Dennis disappears. Orhan, Dennis's friend Naval, and Dennis's lover Yusuf try to find Dennis. Um, Interesting. Dennis? Den- Dennis? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that. <laughs> All right, there's, there's one. So red Istanbul. That's the first one. Uh, well, let's spin it again. Oh, hold on, I hit the wrong button. Stand by. <laughs> Jersey Boys. Oh. Uh, directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, full disclosure, I have seen this. Same. Um, um, I was on an accidental date because I didn't know it was a date when I saw it with somebody. So oh, fun. That's how, that's how I Clint remember Eastwood it. Clint <laughs> Eastwood starring Vincent Piazza, John Lloyd Young, 
Christopher Walken, Steve Sharipa, and other people. Uh, it is about the story of four men from the wrong side of the tracks in New Jersey who came together to form the iconic 1960s rock band, The Four Seasons. It is based on a true story and also based on the musical on Broadway. Um, and I believe the character of Danny DeVito is in it because Danny DeVito actually knew them. Um, I don't remember that, honestly. Probably because it wasn't played by Danny DeVito. But You might be right. Danny DeVito did know them, and I, I see Nick. Christopher Walken was in there. That's right. Yeah. I see Nick DeVito here, but I don't see Danny DeVito. But Danny DeVito did know them, or Tommy DeVito. What? What is happening? Tommy DeVito is he related to the Four Seasons? Danny DeVito? Probably. Let's let's check this out. My guess is that he, if is if he is related, he's distantly related, um because it doesn't say anything about knowing them, but they got the last name, and I'm fairly certain that he knew them. I could be confusing it with something else, but Danny DeVito definitely knew someone at some point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The most vague sentence ever. So that is Jersey Boys on Netflix. And then for the last one, Mune, Guardians of the Moon. Oh, boy. This is going to be... What a doozy. What a doozy. So, Moon, Guardians of the Moon. What the hell is that? <laughs> when an evil magma demon and his minions steal the sun of, of a magic world, the new guardians of both the sun and the moon must embark on a quest to retrieve and save their world from disaster as the moon faces destruction as well. Uh, directed by Alexandra Heboyan and Benoit Philippon. Uh, it is starring the English one I'm taking it. Uh, is Omar Sy, Itzia Higelin, and... Mikhail Gregorio. Um, Yeah. Not a great week for the Netflix roulette. Uh, They gave us the gift of Road to Perdition, and now we got three... uh, Yeah, no, this is a very interesting uh, setup here. Um, Honestly, I think we should scrap Jersey Boys for sure. Yeah, since we've both seen it. Um, Um, It's an an okay movie. Yeah. but for yeah. the most part... Uh, I can tell you right now it would not make the shelf. It would not make the shelf. Yeah. Um, the um, soundtrack's great on it, but other yeah, than that... Yeah, soundtrack's really great. So it's between Red Istanbul and Moon or Muna. And honestly, I've been thinking about Guardian of the Moon. You're, you're leaning Guardian uh, of the Moon? I think I'm leaning Guardian of the Moon. Because when's the last time we even did... Uh, or if we movie? have done an animated movie? I feel like we have at some point, but it's definitely been a while. So this is definitely an interesting one to do, but it looks like we're going to be watching Moon or Muna or Mana, Guardian of the Moon on Netflix. In a land far away, where sun and moon shine only thanks to heroic guardians. The sun recognizes its new guardian. It's the home. Oh yeah, the most unlikely little creature will be chosen. You are the new guardian of the moon. And have greatness thrust upon him. I really think there's been a mistake. I'm scared of the dark. The stars all look the same to me. I'm a terrible singer. Maybe? Uh, it is a 
trying to find the country of origin. It's a French animated film, probably dubbed over in English. Yeah. Um, and it is about someone stole the sun and then the guardians of the sun and moon try to help and get the sun back or something. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. But we'll see how it is. Uh, I can't say I'm excited about it, but I'm open. I'm looking forward to it more than I would rewatching Jersey Boys. So that's yes. enough for me. <laughs> yes. So I just wish that I knew the pronunciation of it, but Muna... Yeah. Muna, Guardian of the Moon, is our pick for next week. That is on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. As always, you can check out our website, KeystoneFilmReview.com. On Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. On ah, Facebook, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week. Till we watch our second French movie in a row. Yeah, for real. That's but weird. But this one will probably have English dubbed. And not some really, really long stretched out scenes. <laughs> hey, hey, you never know. That's true. It these is guardians of the PG. Moons, these Guardians of the Moons could get freaky. <laughs> <laughs> nice space racks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. See ya. <laughs>